Ladies and gentlemen, how do you are listening to the Synapse Films Podcast, a journey into the world of Synapse Films. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Susie Banyan decided to perfect her ballet studies in the most famous school of dance in Europe. The killer is coming. The killer's gonna get you. I'm just crazy about this store. I've been expecting you. You thought by your name was a heavy metal band. <laughs> Don't drink my flavor. Welcome to the Synapse Films Podcast. I am Timo Sabin. Some folks in the horror community know me as Timo. I will be your host on this journey into all things Synapse Films. Greetings, friends, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. We have a very special treat for you in this episode. We have not only one, but both of the owners of Synapse Films here on the show this episode. We have both Jerry Chandler and Mr. Don May Jr. Since 2023 is drawing to a close and 2024 is now upon us, I thought we'd have Jerry and Don both on uh, discussing 2023 and also discussing what we have to look ahead for in 2024. A 2023 wrap-up 2024 birthday show, let us say. So as I like to say, without further ado, let us first welcome in Synapse Films co-owner and my good pal, Mr. Jerry Chandler. Hey, Jerry. Hey, ma'am. What's happening? Uh, well, we are doing the end of year show. Can you believe another year has passed? It's going to be 2024. Well, this one was a pretty long one for me. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, Don's also on the show. We got both of you guys on the show. And uh, it's been quite a uh, <laughs> it's been a challenging year for you and for Don for many different reasons. I got a question for you before I get to some of the year end questions. So uh, we haven't done an impulse podcast for a little bit and we'll get back to doing that. But I happen to notice that there are a couple of new and very interesting uh, releases coming up on Impulse. Now you have the Peep Show, a couple of the Peep Show collections. I saw Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Oh, we've had that under license for forever. And uh, we finally got, you know, we finally got it out. Yeah. It looks like a very beautiful cover as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's the original artwork from, uh, you know, the original release. It was made by the same people who did Flash Gordon. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because I, I have actually, and, and I we've talked about this before, you are, you are Professor Jerry to me. You are educating me about the adult film world. This one I've actually seen. This is one of those really interesting, uh, I call them really interesting 1970s movies that happen to also be an X-rated movie. But it's pretty funny and fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, people have been, you know, bugging me for this one for a long, long time. So I am so happy to finally be able to, to actually have it out now for them. And we have others that we haven't gotten to yet. So so is that available for right, right now to order? You can order it if you call me. I don't know if it's up on the website yet, but we have them in stock. And uh, 
if you call me, I could, uh, you know, ship her right out. Good. I just looked on your website and it is available to add to cart. So you can call Jerry or you can go to impulse-pictures.com and grab that. So um, a couple of questions I asked Don too. I thought I would ask, I'd ask you as well. Um, so this has been a challenging year, like I said, you know, for, for both you guys for, for different reasons and a very long one. As far as impulse and synapse, though, business-wise, what do you think the biggest challenge for you at work was this year? Just getting through our personal problems, you know, because <laughs> we both had them. I mean, work was uh, was was a piece of cake. Uh-huh. It was probably one of the easiest years work-wise that we've ever had, mm-hmm. uh, much thanks to our new distributor. But, uh, you know, amount of personal issues both of us had were devastating. I actually called Don at one point over the summer and I said, dude, I can't do this anymore. I can't. I'm done. I'm leaving and I'm not coming back. You know, I'm I'm just finished. And he talked me out of it. I mean, uh, I was literally that close to walking away from Synapse and everything. Not for anything having to do with Synapse, but my personal life was uh, pretty hard hit. You know, in order to do this kind of stuff, you have to have a clear head, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, I didn't. We're not making it public, but you know what I went through. So, mm-hmm. and I'm, it's it's an ongoing situation, but at least it seems to be getting a little better. Well, that's good. What are you most pleased with? Um, it's hard to say. You know, look, Don got a lot of stuff out this year. You know, with all of his surgeries and stuff like that. I mean, he's he had a, in particular, an amazing year of output. And then the other half of that is our new distributor. We love those people, and they do such a great job for us. That's M- is that MVD? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. They're really they're really wonderful people. I mean, I, we've been with them now, I think, over two years, and I've never had an argument, never had harsh words with anyone at that company ever about anything. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable, even. Some of your best friends in the business, uh, you don't get along so well with. Yeah, I think you started with them right around the time I started doing this podcast for you. And you've seemed very happy ever since then. I mean, you were very happy when I remember when you got going with them. And so that hasn't changed. No, no, they do an amazing job. How about the uh, the uh, conventions? Is there going to be a Synapse presence at conventions coming up for 2024? Definitely there will be. Um, you know, we did a, do a lot of conventions in, in this past year. But, I mean, other than, you know, seeing these wonderful fans and, and, and talking to people and stuff like that, I really wasn't having much of a good time. I, you know, you remember, I, I just wasn't feeling good. I'd get to a show and uh, I'd eat something and then I'd be in pain all weekend. I think a lot of it was mental having to do with the issues that were ongoing. And uh, it was just a very challenging year. But like I said, you know, uh, even though my situation is ongoing, my handling of the situation is uh, improving. So... I'm looking forward to doing shows uh, starting in the, you know, March or February, March. I think we got that Monroe show again. We'll see what happens after that. I know we're signed on for everything Horror Hound does, you know, in the Midwest, mm-hmm. Cincinnati mm-hmm. and Indy. 
and we'll be going to flashback again and all the cinema wastelands. I even think I might do Niagara Falls for the first time this year. The show grew and we did much better than we did the year before, which is which is really great. Is there any more Michigan shows like in your area that you're thinking about doing? I mean, Astronomicon, maybe. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I don't know if the kid who put on, uh, what was that other one we did by the airport? Uh, that was uh, Motor City Legacy. Yeah, I love that guy. I love mm-hmm. that show. But, I, you know, I don't think enough people showed up for him to, to do it again. But I hope he does. If he does, we'll do that one for sure. There will definitely still be a Synapse presence this year, especially at the Horror Hound, Cinema Wasteland, Flashback. And then I guess Absolutely. you was it the oddities show? There's an oddity shows up there up there in February. I think that you guys are doing. Yeah, that's the Monroe show. Gotcha. Yeah. But you got to understand the uh, you know Nate and and Aaron from Horror Hound and uh, Mike and Mia from Flashback and Ken and Pam from uh, Cinema Wasteland. These people are are like family to us, just like you and Angie. So there's no way we could not do their show. I mean. It's not even a question. I mean, we're we're permanent uh, fixtures. At, at you know, they've made us feel at home, and we have to do the shows. Those they're not even shows; they're going to see our our pals. Right, you know? that's what they are. You know, right, right. It is pretty so, interesting how the best shows are run by the more friendly people. Yeah. And, and, and I'm yeah. not just, I mean, just even before I knew any of these people, they, they were still the best shows. And then the shows that maybe weren't so good, well, you don't hear about those because they don't go on anymore, which is sad about Motor City Legacy. I do agree with you. And I do hope that they do that show again. It was fun. It was a little sad. It was a little light on the attendance, but uh, I'm pulling for them too. So I'd like to come up there to that show if, if they do that again. So we'll keep an eye out. We'll let people know. Uh, well, you guys have to come up and stay at my my house anyway. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. Regardless of whether there's a show or not, so. I'm looking forward to that. I want to see it. I'm going to jump into your lake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as long as you know how to swim, because it's a deep ass lake and people drown in it every year. I'm a very strong swimmer. I'm very good. Yeah. I will be. I will be excellent. I will be. I will like walk on the water. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be you know, fun. It's, it's actually part of two lakes. Uh, it's a North Commerce Lake and South Commerce Lake, and there's an adjoining uh, channel. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's in the uh, river system, so the water flows through it, so it's pretty clean. And oh, that's good. And it's got good. lots of fish, and it's nice. But it's got, like, very shallow areas and sandbars, mm-hmm. but it also gets to, like, 90 feet deep in areas. Nice. So, yeah, you so. guys are going to stay on the boat with me. We're going to bring the jam box and a couple of doobies. <laughs> that sounds perfect to me. <laughs> that's all I need. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's it. And we'll drive around. We'll take a jug of grape ape. And, uh, you know, right in front of my house, my house faces east and uh-huh. faces a sunrise. And there's a sandbar that goes three quarters of the way. There's a a peninsula, like a finger, that goes out about a third of the way into the lake, and about another third of it is sandbar off the end of that. Uh-huh. So what happens is on a summer afternoon, on a Saturday or Sunday, you get about a hundred pontoon boats <laughs> lined up side by side, and they hook up to each other, and they all throw in anchors. Uh-huh. 
and people just hop from one boat to the next. I mean, it's like a, a like a dock made out of uh, pontoon boats. Oh, that's nice. That's and it's just awesome. And also on the fourth of July, uh-huh. uh, actually. They do it earlier, usually like June 30th, so they could double the amount of fireworks. <laughs> uh-huh. But those fireworks are shot off directly in front of my house. Oh, wow. Uh, the back. Yeah. Oh, nice. um, I I have a friend, I call we call him Dr. Jeff. He's uh-huh. lived on this lake for 30 years. So when we had children and stuff, we'd come to his house and he'd take us on his pontoon boat. But he's on... Uh, South Commerce Lake, uh-huh. and he'd take us on his pontoon boat to the north part of the lake, and he'd pull, you know, to a spot. There'd be hundreds of boats on the lake. When I bought this place, he said, "You know, <laughs> like about a hundred yards off your dock is where they shoot off the fireworks." He goes, "You're not even going to have to get go out on the lake." Wow. He goes, "It's all directly in front of your house." So. It would be awesome if you guys were here for that. Yeah, too. that would be cool, especially if it was a little bit earlier. We usually have uh, some kind of uh, a July Fourth pool party, but that if especially if it's a little earlier, we could probably do that and arrange to be back here for something like that. We'll 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 work it out. We'll definitely talk about because that sounds like a lot of fun. As soon as you said doobies, grape ape, <laughs> and tunes. You got you got me named you there. That's bro. At least you got me. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 not as much fun, but at least you just got me. I mean, I'll I'll be there ready to go. I got I'll have my bells yeah. on, ringing them, and everything. <laughs> no, it'll be great. Yeah, it'll be great. Absolutely, so I can't wait. Uh, looking forward to twenty twenty four is going to be an, an upswing year. Uh, it has to be. There's no other way. There is no other place for it to go. So, and I have already made Don promise me to stay away from sharp objects. And, and a lot of ledges so he doesn't fall off or hit himself or get swollen somewhere or something else. So I told him to stay out of the hospital. So um, so it'll be a good year. I'm looking forward to it, looking forward to seeing you guys again, looking forward to being with you guys out at least one or two of these conventions to say hi to the fans. That being said, Jerry, it is end of year. And um, like you said, it's been a struggle, but what – what would you like to say to to the fans, uh, you know, who stuck with you guys again for another year, bought the new releases, and supported Synapse? I'd just like to say thank you. I mean, the fans were real gentle with us this year. I mean, I didn't see a lot of hate on any website. You know, it was just nice. We got a lot of really nice messages. You know, Noah got a lot of nice messages from, you know, the people we ship to, they seem to be very happy with, with, uh, you know, our methodology and everything. And, uh, you know, it was just a really, really good year for us, you know, business wise, that's for sure. Good. So I just want to say thank you, everybody. And, uh, we're not done yet. I mean, we got, we got, uh, we came close to the edge, but we pulled back and uh, we got a lot of strong titles coming out. There's things we're working on that nobody has any idea of that mm-hmm. are going to be really nice. Well, you know, I'm always excited because I, I, and Don, Don did, he does tease a few things, uh, talk about a few things, enough for me to salivate just, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. It sounds really cool. I cannot. I cannot wait. I can't wait for the stuff that, you know, we all know that has been working on. And we did talk about that as well, too. But all good stuff. All good stuff. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to having a couple doobies and watching the, 
the fruits of all your efforts on my television at home <laughs> as well. Right. So, all right, Jerry. Well, thank you very much for, for popping in here and talking to everybody. And uh, we will definitely uh, have more episodes in 2024 and we'll get back into the swing of things and be talking about the releases you guys have coming out. Okay. You got it, baby. Say hi to Andy for me and, uh, and your son and, 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 have a great uh, holiday, everybody, and be safe. And uh, we'll be talking to you in January. All right, Jerry. Thank you very much to you and yours as well. And we'll talk to you next time. Okay, man. Bye-bye. As always, I'd like to thank Jerry for taking the time out of his busy day. And also, best wishes to Jerry and best of luck that 2024 will be a much better year than 2023. And up next, we have the other co-owner of Synapse Films, the restoration guru himself, the man with the amazing eyeballs, Mr. Don May Jr. like to welcome back to the show the owner of Synapse Films, co-owner and technically owner of this here podcast, I guess, uh, <laughs> Mr. Don May Jr. Hello, Don. How you doing? Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm okay. I'm all right. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's been another year here at, mm-hmm. at, at Synapse Film, and, and you know, I know you and Jerry have both had some unique challenges in 2023 in your personal and, and with your health and personal issues and mm-hmm. things like that. What what mm-hmm. do you think, in your opinion, was the biggest challenge in 2023 uh, presented to you in Synapse Films this year? Uh, me staying alive. Oh, well, yes, <laughs> that would be a, that's a challenge. Yes, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Briefly, you know, for those who may have missed it uh, in in the last podcast, I think we spoke a little bit about it, and also I spoke a little bit about it on a, a different podcast. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, <laughs> I ended up getting uh, uh, something that almost killed me mm-hmm. uh, uh, in late January of this year. Mm-hmm. It was like the last week of January and uh, had to have emergency surgery and the whole thing. And, right. you know, it's taken a while, but I'm back to back to me and kind of I feel like I've been blessed with a second chance. You know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, I'm 56 years old. You know, you think of it as all fun and games, and then when you get older, it's like, wait a minute, you know, mm-hmm. things, you know, legs hurt, right. arms hurt, right. head, you know, <laughs> you get, and then you're like, wow, uh, man, I've been, you know, get, getting older, and then something like this happens, right. and, you know, when the priest comes in and says, if we don't figure this out, you're going to be dead in 48 hours or whatever, it's it's kind of a... Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so you kind of look at life a little differently. And, you know, for me, it's, I'm still, I'm about 95%. You know, I'm still, uh, still going to the doctors. They're still checking, you know, and, uh, and, and making sure. But uh, I'm feeling really good now. Good. Um, so far, uh, you know, and it, I almost well, it's been a, almost a year later. 
Yeah, well, you know, and uh, and um, getting back to normal. Right, and right. Can, can you can you do me so, a favor and turn over a new leaf in this January? Can you stay out of any kind of medical facility? <laughs> yeah, <please? laughs> stay out of stay out of trouble. I I told Jerry I was joking. I was like, well, now that this is over, I wonder what else is going to happen. Oh, Jerry's probably like, shut up, shut up. It's enough. <laughs> it's like seems like yeah. every year we want to throw the last year in the toilet, and the year coming right, right, presents right. even harder challenges every year. It's like right. what. Is going but, on? you know, <laughs> it was, it was rough going for a while. I won't, yeah. you know, I had four surgeries mm-hmm. and so it was tough, but you know what? It's, you know, I'm just glad I'm still here sure. and, you know, cause I almost wasn't. And, you know, it's sad because, you know, um, you know, we've lost a few people in this industry over the past couple of years Yeah, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's sad, you know, when you when you lose you know one of us you mm-hmm. know we kind of all are in the same profession and we all kind of feel like we're all in this together and to lose a couple of them um it just it's just it's pretty sad well it takes y'all to bail bail the water out when you lose somebody yeah. there's more water in the ship yeah so it's right yeah, right exactly yeah. well what so. what would be on the flip side of that what are you most pleased with? What what is what's your most proud uh, proudest accomplishment or moment for Synapse hmm, in this year? I mean, it's 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 it, this year. I think getting the convent out. Mm, okay. um, you know, the convent was a long time coming. I don't know if we if Jerry has talked about it or if I've I've mentioned it before, but we had a big issue with the convent early on where the original materials were lost and the licensor only had a print. And I was just like, look, I can't, you know, I can't, you, I don't want to use a print, you know, I mean, who does, right, you, know, you right, want right. to go back to some preprint material. And so, you know, we bought the film before COVID and, you know, that was in what, 2019, I guess, or close to 2020 when everything kind of locked up. And um, it took us two and a half years uh, to get the materials out of lockdown. And to me, I mean, we just put the convent out like a week or so ago. And it was like, I went into the office the other day and I saw it, you know, sitting on the shelf there, you know, Noah was, you know, sending orders out and mm-hmm. I, I walk in and I see it and I just kind of breathe a sigh of relief. I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's finally here. I see it. It's done. <laughs> right. Right. You know, because, um, it was a, it was a nightmare. Um, we had to deal with Technicolor and normally they're very, very nice people, but, you know, they've gone through some, you know, being sold off and some of their, their vaults have been closed and, you know, their attorneys and everything, you know, they got better things to do than to deal with some little, little movie like the convent, even though, you know, to us, it was a big deal, but, you know, during COVID, nobody was around, everybody was closed. You couldn't get anybody on the phone. And it was just like, come on guys, we know you have it in here. Can you please just let us have it? And finally, you know, two and a half, three years later, I was able to get it out of there. Uh, and we were able to use, you know, what we had, we, we, we found the uncut, you know, the movie, when it was released early on DVD, 
uh, through Lionsgate, it was missing footage. Um, it was about uh, 30, 40 seconds of gore taken out of it. And we were able to find the uh, uncut, the internegative that actually still had all the footage intact. And, you know, Mike uh, Mendez, the director, remembers. He goes, you know, I remember going into the vault. He goes, I remember the day that I went in there and they told me I had to edit the damn thing. And he goes, I went in and I, and he goes, I don't know where the, I don't know where the negative is now, but he goes, I remember actually physically going in and trimming the negative, actually cutting the, the camera negative and taking the footage out. But we were lucky that there were some festival prints made and I saw the film, I saw the film, um, you know, at, uh, you know, someplace, I can't remember where I saw it. Maybe it was at Fantasia. I don't remember, but I saw it one, at one place when it, it was uncut. And so they had made prints. So in order to make a print, you got to have an inner negative. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we found the inner negative. And I was like, Oh, thank God. Right. And it was a big, it was a big task to get it out. So for us to actually get the convent out this year, towards the end of the year, it was, for me, I was so thrilled mm -hmm. that it's finally out for people to enjoy because it's such a fun movie. It is. It I'm, really I remember is. seeing it. Yeah. I have a, a knee-jerk question to that. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, like that, I, I'm going completely off of memory here. I've seen the movie before, I think, when it came out on DVD and whatnot. Sure. And it, it's, it's a fun movie. And, but it wasn't like 2000. Didn't it come out in like 2000? Was yeah. it around there or something? Okay, yeah, so it was around there. How often or does it happen that a movie that it? I mean, you're I'm fifty, you're fifty six. So to us, that's a newer movie. But uh -huh. how often is it that a movie shot that late in the game, uh, you lose materials like that? Lose Be it? Because it's like well. it seems like by that point. There was a lot of physical media going around, and people were really wanting those negatives and stuff. And you yeah, would think yeah. you'd keep track of something like that at that point. In well, the game. there's a there's a story, okay. and we didn't get into the story much, mm. um, if at all, on the extras. Mm. But the company that made the movie went bankrupt. Mm. Mm, okay. And I mean, don't you know? I mean, I'm just gonna say, don't quote me on this. Right, anyway, right, right, right. On a, on a podcast, <laughs> yeah, don't tell I anybody. Can't verify, I cannot. <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny this information, <laughs> okay. but according to someone in the know, uh, we have an old EPK on the disc, like that was made with interviews and things, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. it was just an old, like haphazardly put together EP EPK. Mm -hmm. I was like, this EPK is fascinating and that it's an EPK for the convent and it's so weirdly put together <laughs> like, i have to put this on the disc because i've never seen an epk like this before in my life it's like hey let's do an epk after drinking a couple of budweiser's okay sure right, right no but one of the you know the 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 people that owned alpine pictures evidently just kind of disappeared oh okay hmm. yeah and hmm. like they kind of took off with the money i guess mm. um I don't know the the whole story. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but once that happened, everything kind of got put into bankruptcy, mm -hmm. and then at that point things get lost. Right. Okay. So it wasn't carelessness, yeah. or it wasn't just right. misplaced. No, it somewhere. wasn't. Gotcha. It, it wasn't carelessness at all. Okay. It was 
you know, well, I mean, well. <laughs> taking money and running is careless. But as far as where the material was, it was sure. sort of locked up in bankruptcy. And, you know, look, labs want to get paid. You know, they don't keep your stuff on the shelves in isolated storage for free. They want their money. And it was all locked up and it was just a, a royal pain in the ass. But we were able to get it. And, uh, and uh, it's better for it. I mean, if anybody has ever seen the movie on the streaming services, you know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like, oh, God, <laughs> you know, because that's all they had. Mm -hmm. But now that, you know, uh, Multicom, which is the licensor that we got it from, I just sent them uh, copies of our master because they're like, can we please like upgrade our master right. with what you guys did? Because it's like a huge difference. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So, right. you know, so well, yeah, but yeah, it, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a chore. People don't understand sometimes how hard it is to do this. Well, that, and that, that leads to um, a couple of the next questions I have too. So, it's it's a constant theme, and it's almost we kid or even like me and you and Jerry and, and if Ryan said we'll, we'll, we'll even kid about it a little bit that it mm -hmm. synapse and you and Jerry don't exactly rush titles to market. No, <laughs> that, that it can take a while. No. Now that being said, and we're talking about this right now, but that being said, talk about a little bit how things have slowed even more in this post sort of pandemic world where you know you talk about you got you have to get your your stuff manufactured. Uh, and I'm talking beyond your personal QC process. I know that, that you right, exhaustively sure. look at these things and try to uncover every stone, yeah. but that's not mm -hmm. the only thing because, you know, there's a, and it's, it is another knee jerk criticism. It's like, oh, I just take forever to do things. Just get it out. It's like, well, well that's not, that's not everything. Well, there's a lot of the, stuff that goes real, into it. The real reason why it takes forever sometimes is because you're talking to one of three people that run the company. You know, Jerry is the, the, the deal maker and the licensing guy. I'm the production guy. The lion's share of the product falls in my lap. And Noah, thankfully, uh, is our media, you know, shopping cart manager and mm -hmm. our, our merchandise person. She's the glue. <laughs> right, you know, we right. don't have 30 employees. I can't supervise a transfer and then hand it off to my QC team, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, like shout factory. I can't, I can't, I don't have people, you know, scanning and doing my restoration work for me. Like, you know, vinegar syndrome. I don't have that. I have to kind of do it all myself or hire companies that have their own schedules to do that stuff. And so that's the big difference. But as far as like post pandemic, you know, the, the, the big thing that we're seeing now is, you know, uh, supply chain issues. Oh, it's going to take a little extra time to get those cases. Oh, it's going to take a little extra time because we have to get the paper from somebody else because there's a paper shortage, you know, it's that kind of stuff. Um, and that happens to everybody. Um, we just last week, I kind of made a joke, I, you know, we're thinking about doing another steel book and we get a quote for a steel book and it's 65 cents more expensive, 65 cents more expensive for the same quantity 
that we paid for Tombs of the Blind Dead. And I'm like, okay, uh, why is this now 65 cents more expensive? They have not responded to me. And it's like, really? You guys are going to start, you know, people don't understand how expensive these are for small companies. You know, you walk into a, a Best Buy and people are like, well, the Steelbook for, you know, Snow White's 10 bucks this week. Well, yeah, it's because they did tens of thousands of pieces. You know, when you're dealing with a company like Synapse and you're only doing a few thousand, you know, maybe four or five, six thousand, the price isn't the same for us as it is for Disney right? <laughs> right. or Lionsgate or, mm-hmm. or all those other places. You know, they, they, they go, oh, your steelbooks are, you know, are expensive. I can go get, you know, Lord of War for $20 at Best Buy. Well, you go ahead and do that, you know, because they're making a hell of a lot more of them than we are. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Well, you it, know? it seems but, like every person in, in this business, I mean, every everybody who is either on your side of it or even a consumer, it has been very noticeable that all of the prices have increased for all of the titles and stuff. Yeah. And this is the reason yeah. why, correct? I mean, because you have to pass that on or else you can't afford to exist. Right. Well, it, materials costs are going up. Yeah. Replication costs are going up. Printing costs are going up. And it's just, you know, look, you can blame it on the economy. You can blame it on COVID. You can blame it on whoever you want to blame it on, but it's happening. And, you know, not everybody can eat it. I mean, we're not putting out seven movies a month or eight movies a month. You know, we're not. We're putting, you know, one or two movies out every couple of months. Mm -hmm. And it's tough. Um, It's just, you know, that's but but I would rather be with Jerry and Noah the way we are now. I would rather be this way than have to deal with like a huge company with 10, 20, 30 employees. I like that we can do kind of what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we, do, and you know, and, 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 and I can take my time. I can QC. I can do the things I, you know, look at, look at what happens to some of the bigger companies, you know, that, that probably either don't QC at all or hire an outside QC company. There's recalls, you know, it's, it's like, really? I mean, I just saw that Criterion just recalled Princess Bride. Oh, really? You've got to be kidding me. Mm. I just, I just got it. (laughs) Uh (laughs) I, I read the next day. I think, you know, I think Zolly, Zolly Becker, like sent me a message. He's like, they just recalled Princess Bride. I'm like, oh, oh no. Oh, gosh. You know? Yeah. So, you know, look, I, I we're not 100% perfect. Nobody sure. is. Right, right. But I really, you know, I really like to take a look at my own stuff. And I and that takes some time. You know, people going through a movie and QCing, especially when you have a lot of extras, can take me a week, you know, just for one movie. And, you know, then you got to send in your notes. Then they got to make those changes. Then you're on their schedule to make the changes. Like if they mess up a, 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 a navigation button on the menu, it, instead of going up, it goes down or it doesn't highlight properly. You know, you got to look at all that stuff. And uh, then when you're done, 
then you have to wait for them to get on their schedule to fix the problems and when they're probably doing other people's stuff too. So, you know, it's a process, but you know, I know a lot of people get impatient, you know, and I get it, you know, so do I sometimes, you know, I'm too much of a perfectionist to let things go, you know, and, and that's okay with me. And that's okay with Jerry sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and I think, you know, I think part I, of I it. Just, it, I can't do it. I, uh, if I have to start compromising the way I work, I might as well just give it up. Right. Well, and I think, and, and, and the next question I think actually is kind of playing into this a little bit too, because I think what I was kind of getting at is, like, I understand that part of it. I understand, like, you're, you really are perfectionist. You want to get out there, but that's not the only thing. Sometimes you get frustrated waiting to get something back that's taking a long time and not only oh, like yeah. a cost, you're also passing mm-hmm. along that frustration for people who are right. a little impatient to see their favorite film. And, and you know, I right. think what's funny, and it's not, I don't know if it's funny is the right word, but I think it's a little ironic that I think a lot of the frustration and I think some of the more mean spirited, frustration comes from people that are really anxiously awaiting your product. Like they know it's mm-hmm. going to be really good. And they, and it's, it's, so it's sort of a double edge sword yeah, in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, we love you. We love you, but hurry up. Right. right. Exactly. Right. You know, I can only do so much. And sure. you know, a lot of people this year, especially this year was rough. We just spoke about why, mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, I'm getting back into the swing of things right now. You know, to, to, to your point about restoration, you know, I'm working on Grave Dancers and Grave Dancers is one of those things where it's, it's an interesting situation. It was shot on film, right? Mm-hmm. And I probably a lot of you folks out there that are listening probably have uh, the old version from Lionsgate, whether it's on that double feature mm-hmm. or, you know, you got the DVD of the eight films to die for mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It looks, it looks fucking terrible. It's absolutely the worst. I've seen grave dancers. I saw it at the premiere at Fantasia. The movie doesn't look like that. That the, the way it's presented on home video is far, far from a good representation of the movie. And, and Mike, Mendez, the director, knows that, and so do I. And so the interesting thing about Grave Dancers, and this is something that I haven't encountered before. So they shot it all on film, and it was done in, what, 2005, 2006, something like that. And uh, it was what they call a digital intermediate. So what happened with that movie is they shot it all on film. They took all the pieces of the film and they, you know, for lack of better explanation, they ingest it all into a computer. This is all back in like, you know, almost 20 years ago, ingested into a computer. And then they edit everything in the computer. They add the effects, they add the credits, they add, you know, everything digitally in the computer, you know, 20 years ago. And then they, when they get their final edit, they spit it back out onto film stock. And that's what a digital, you know, the, the process. Now, it was very early on for Photochem. So by, by, Mike's, uh, by Mike's explanation, you know, Photochem was kind of a, uh, especially for an independent movie, 
it was very, you know, obviously, you know, I can't remember, you know, off the top of my head, I can't remember what the first digital intermediate was. I think it, it, I don't, you know what? I don't know if it was old country, you know, no country for old men or something like that. Mm -hmm. I can't remember, Mm -hmm. but for an independent movie like grave dancers, it was quite a task, right. To get it done. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm going through the movie because, you know, we scanned the negative that was completed, you know, through the digital intermediate process. And I'm looking at this and if you have the old Blu-ray, you can see it like in the graveyard scenes at the beginning, there's like a shimmer on the grass and I'm, and I'm looking at it and I'm looking at it. I'm like, Oh my God, is this like a artifact or restoration? Like did the computer like fuck this up? You know, whatever. No, it's rain. It's the rain hitting the grass and the digital intermediate process. It's, it's shimmering. It's baked into the element that way. So, you know, but there were days going back and forth. I was like, okay, guys, you got to check this, this scene from this time to this time, this time to this time, this time to this time, look at it, get back to me. Let me know what this is. And, you know, and, and it's that kind of thing that, it takes time. You know, I I flag something. They got to ship it off. I got to ship my notes off. They got to look at it. They got to get back. They got to fix whatever. Um, but it, it's, it's interesting in that I encountered something that I thought was a restoration error when in fact, it's actually because of the digital intermediate process and the way that it was processed, it's in there. And so when I look at the old Blu-ray, I looked at the old Blu-ray and it's in there too. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But but it's like, so even 30 years on and, you know, me being, you know, Mr. Mr. You know, eyeballs looking at stuff (laughs) as close as I can. um, I'm still finding things out, you Uh know, in in this whole wacky digital restoration world. You know, it's like, oh my God, this <laughs> right. is this is actually baked into the film this way because yeah. of the process that they used to make it. Well, and and my my next question is really it, it's it is you're answering part of this already. I think that there mm-hmm. are, uh, and I, I when I'm asking you questions or I'm asking Jerry questions, I'm always trying to think, and I am a fan, so I'm trying to mm-hmm. think like what upsets me, what uh, what not upsets me, but what uh, <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. What? Okay, great. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. I'm a fan, so I'm pissed. (laughs) What makes me what what makes me feel impatient or where I don't understand why something isn't out? And one of those things is that I think that there's a a group of fans that accepts completely the restoration time process and stuff. But some of Uh those people I think also have gone and seen like a theatrical run of like a restoration you've done. For instance, I saw Uh, Tombs of the Blind Dead at at a horror uh-huh. hound a couple years before the actual disc came out, uh-huh. and and I and and there's a lot of a, 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 I guess a thought process is the thing has played in a theater why is it not out? Do you know okay. what I'm saying? So that, so that's easy enough. Yeah, well, because yeah. yeah, that's easy enough. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're you know did did you see the liner notes written at the theatrical screening? Did you get the CD at the theatrical screening? All these things take extra time to do. Um, you know, dealing with record companies isn't exactly easy. 
And I really wanted to do something for Tombs of the Blind Dead. And so we dealt with like six different record companies. And you just got to wait for them to get back to you, you know? It's it's like, okay, you know, we can do this. Then you have to do a contract. Then, you know, and also scheduling. You know, maybe we wanted to put Tombs of the Blind Dead out at, you know, I can't remember when the Steelbook came out, but, you know, we made a, we made a, a it, a, we, we purposely put Tombs of the Blind Dead out through the, the regular version out for October for Halloween. So there are scheduling things that deal to deal with, with that. Um, packaging issues. My God, you know, Steelbooks are four months out. So, you know, we're trying to do a steelbook now for an upcoming title for next year. And mm-hmm. they're talking 120 days and they raise the price, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> a little icing on top for you there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, it's going to take four months. But yeah, you know what? Here, here. It's also extra, extra, <laughs> time, extra money for us. Right. Right, yeah. right. Right. So, you know, it's it's you know, there's all kinds of factors. Sure. Artwork. You know, I love Wes Scouter, but he's like me. He's a perfectionist. Mm hmm. And Wes, you know, did the art for Tombs of the Blind Dead. He takes his his time to get those things done. And, uh, you know, I'm working with him now on Blue Sunshine. You know, we're doing a, 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 the 4K of Blue Sunshine. Well, that's a good example, too, of a movie that, that had been shown. And, and, and that is, is yeah. on the, the, it's coming, you know, but yeah. it's Right, it's, right. right. Well, okay. Well, the, the, the other thing, too, is you, you got to do, you know, the, well, for example, um, and this is the perfect example. I was supposed to get the Blu-ray of uh, Blue Sunshine two weeks ago. The company that's doing the Blu-ray said, hey, listen, you know, I want to get this to you guys next week. But we have I'm not going to tell you <laughs> what the other because it's not my place to tell you what other problems other companies. Oh, are sure. having. Right, right, right. But they're like, listen, we're having a huge issue right now with another big title with another company. And I really have to get this fixed. And I said, well, you know, we're kind of taking off for the holiday. So, you know, go ahead. And, and he's like, Oh, thanks. You know, <laughs> right. there's a, so, you know, it's, there's a million other factors, you know, other companies have problems too. And I like dealing with independence. You know, I, I don't necessarily like going to giant companies that shit out 15 companies, Blu-rays in a week. I like using people that take their time and do the right encodes, the slow encodes, the good encodes. And you know what? They got other people that they're waiting for them too. And so it's just, you know, it's, it's a hurry up and wait game. We don't do our own authoring and encoding like some companies do. So I job them out. And uh, I mean, I don't have time to sit down and Put, put menus together oh, and, no, trust me, and no. doing encoding yeah. and yeah. you know and uh you know it's just again it's just because it's the three of us you right know? right and basically it's the one of us because jerry's doing the licensing deals but i'm stuck with all the production work pretty much unless it's impulse you know he does all, all the impulse stuff well 
My Mike Wallace in-depth questions and peppering you are over so you can be glad. That was as tough as I get. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. but, no, I like to – I do like to because I think that there's honest answers and there's stuff that, that – just to remind everybody that it's not just one thing. Sometimes there's a – like they, they say, the supply chain. Well, everything coming to you that you pay for has a supply chain. And right. every piece of that supply takes time. And it just depends on what era we're in. Some things take a lot longer than others, and it's yeah. not just one thing. So although that yeah. you proudly take your time and do stuff, it's not the only thing either. Yeah, you know, the that. one yeah. thing that seems to be plaguing a lot lately, and not just us, but, I mean, I see it from Criterion, Shout Factory, all these people. People are getting a lot of uh, – it's not so much the supplies costing money – but even people assembling the discs or whether they do it by hand or they're on an assembly line or whatever, but a hell of a lot of discs getting scratched up. Oh yeah. Okay. Have been, yeah. Mm-hmm. have been, have been rampant lately. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just got like the criterion last picture show, the, the 4k and I had to take it back because it was like, just destroyed the, the the i pulled the disc out because it's my favorite movie of all time and i was like all excited to get it and i opened it up and it's like it looks like a cat like just destroyed it with its claws you know and then i see that you know people they get the oil on yeah the, the smudge and the oil what, like that's the, inside the yeah, actual the case on the cases i'm yeah. like i don't really know how that even happens i got a shipment of of just cases like just blu-ray cases like alone like the, i just i ordered uh-huh. them off ebay and they had that that grime inside of them too it's got to be just the plastic not curing yeah. long enough mm-hmm. like they you know those are all made from molds of melted you know, mm-hmm. a pla- liquid plastic, right. and they they have to set uh-huh. and cure and and harden. Mm-hmm. And I bet you that's it. It's probably they're they're rushing them through, and they're not curing the plastic long enough, and you get that crazy yuck right. on the inside. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. What are your th- we we last time? I believe it was the last time you were on. We kind of touched on this a little bit, and it uh, it was sort of a prophetic moment in a way because since we've talked last time best buy actually did announce they're going to discontinue selling physical media and with recent titles like oppenheimer like selling out real quick what's your thoughts on that how much do you think is real economics how much is corporate greed them just wanting to hang on i think it's i think you know what as you know i heard target is going to do it too Mm. and and i think what it is is best buy is probably Looking at the numbers and hey, you know we're selling more electronics and video games and appliances and you know that takes you know I'm just generalizing, but sure. they might be like, well, you know, seventy five percent of our business is appliances and video games and computers. And, you know, 15% is physical media. So what are we carrying it for? And I think that's it. And then you you get one movie, which is one of the biggest movies of the year, Oppenheimer. Of course, it's going to sell out. I mean, I loved it. It's my favorite film of this year, too. You know, so I, I went out and I got the Blu-ray or the 4K because I, I really wanted it. But, 
you know, they're dumping a lot of stuff. I mean, I was just at Best Buy. They're, one of the Best Buys near us has completely gotten rid of all their physical media already. It's completely out of the store. There isn't anything left. But the one that's five minutes away from our office still has a tiny little kiosk of, of stuff. And I noticed that this week, a couple days ago, they were selling off all their Disney steelbooks for 10 bucks a piece. Oh, wow. And I'm like, holy shit, they yeah. really are trying to get rid of this stuff. Yeah. So, you know, look, you know, I, I, I you know, peruse the, the, the news and stuff. And there's people that are like, they just don't know. They think that Best Buy is like the only place that they've been able to get stuff. And I'm like, you know, Best Buy might get five or six titles a week, but right. there's like 200 titles that come out every right. week. Right, right. You know, so Best Buy is not the end all be all place. It's convenient for sure to get your, to get the big titles. But if you really want to get a good chunk of what's out there, you got to look at the Amazons. You got to look at the diabolic DVDs and the grindhouse videos and the, you know, you gotta, you gotta look. And I think that's what is going to happen. People are just going to have to start looking elsewhere and they will. Um, you know, you, you, you know, maybe, uh, some people don't realize I started in the laser disc business. You want to talk about a niche product, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, laser right. disc wasn't anywhere, right. <laughs> you know, for right. a long time. Right. And, uh, I actually prefer having a little bit of a niche product because it sort of caters to the collector a little bit, you know, and that's, you know, I'm a collector. It, you know, I, <laughs> I love that stuff. So I'll go out, I'll pursue physical media. You know, I, I, you know, except for exorcist believer, oh, <laughs> which Lord. I'm not going to buy physical that media because rough. I hated that it. That was rough. That yeah. was a rough one. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll go out and I'll buy, you know, Oppenheimer uh -huh. and, you know, things that I really want, you know, even stuff, you know, I made a rule what, two, three years ago. I'm done buying stuff sight unseen. Well, of course, that didn't last long. <laughs> right. You know, right. so I think, you know, if the physical media ends up going by way of the, the niche collector market, I'm okay with it because that's kind of where our business as, as Synapse and, you know, previously when I was with Elite, that's kind of where we were. You know, we weren't we weren't out doing, you know, Star Wars and speed and, you know, <laughs> the big, big, big movies. We were catering to those smaller movies, to the to the more niche collectors market. And that's where we've always had our hearts set anyway. Sure. So, well, and the titles and, you guys put out, I mean, uh, to your point, the titles you're putting out are catering to a crowd who is going to look for the physical media. They're right, not going right. to stop. They're not, they're not going to walk into Best Buy and throw their arms up in the air. They're well, going to know where to go. To, you know, years ago, we used to be in Best Buy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the and the, I mean, the shit, Best Buy treated us very well. I mean, even Jerry will tell you, you know, Best Buy used to take me and Jerry to baseball games. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. like we, they go, Hey, you want to go to the, you know, the tigers game? We'll, we'll you know, we'll go. And, and we go with like the executives of Best Buy. They take us to tigers games and stuff when they were local, when they were here visiting. Yeah. They were regional. And it was They'd great. Have regional buyers. Right. Right. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, and it was, and it was great. Mm-hmm. And, but, but, you know, a few, well, more than a few years ago, right. Best Buy just was like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> We're not going to carry Vampiros Lesbos anymore, you know, and all this other stuff. And they started catering to the bigger studios, which is fine, you know, but there was a time when we could pretty much count on everything being in Best Buy, you know, and you'd get. 1500 to 2500 units uh, orders from Best Buy alone but those those days are long gone so the market is changing everything is shifting and we're kind of we're kind of used to it so we're we're more prepared for what i think is going to start happening in 2024 with the bigger chains we're used to it already. Right. Um, explain why you, why Synapse doesn't have like a yearly big website sale. Because we do deals with other people. Like we do plenty of sales, just not with us. And, and, and one of the reasons, and it's, it's not because they mandated or they tell us not to, but we don't want to undercut our buddies at like Diabolic and Grindhouse and especially Amazon. The last thing you want to do is, you know, you put all your product up on Amazon and then you then you undercut them and say, well, we're going to have a 50 percent off sale. You know, let them do it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of our, you know, the way we do it. I mean, MVD, our distributor, does sales on not just us, but other labels that they carry. And we do uh, specialty deals, like with our, our special editions with Jesse over at Diabolic, because we love the guy and we love his, his company. Mm-hmm. I spend way too much money on his website. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, It's and just Grindhouse. you, Don. You're the only one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm it. I'm the one who pays all his bills. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 No, um, yeah but, it's pretty you know, easy to go down that know, rabbit hole there. It's a wonderful yeah, place. And then, yeah. you know, I got to stop looking at his website every Tuesday and <laughs> going, okay, what's here? Right. Right. Um, but uh, the, uh, in Grindhouse, you know, Grindhouse Video does like a, no- like a November sale so you know when you have all these other companies you know doing sales for you we just we just choose not to do it on our own website sure now you know you you guys are really good and this is something i want to tell people too is that you're really good especially on social media pointing people into the direction of sales and there's a lot of them it seems like uh, once a month almost somewhere that you guys are yeah. like posting late in, hey late go in to mbd yes. yeah yeah go to mm-hmm. diabolic go to these places they're having a great sale so it's not right. it's just not it's basically you have a lot of sales as you're saying they're just not coming directly from your synapse from synapsefilms.com yes. right yes. that's exactly it yeah so yeah but you know what we like to work with those people. So, you know, it's, it's cool for us, you know, and we're not set again, you know, poor Noah, you know, <laughs> right. We're not right. set up. Like if we get like, you know, 
twenty thousand dollars in orders in a day, you know, Noah's going to end up in the hospital. <laughs> right, and I've helped. I have helped. I have helped fill those orders, and it is literally a hands-on. Yeah. Well, you just want, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. It well, really is. It takes a while. It's just to get much this easier yeah. for us to keep our goodwill with everybody else and say, you know what. You know, we make money. We want you to make money, too. So here, have a sale. And, you know, it's good business. Right. Well, also, you do not, from the website, you do not ship internationally, do you? No, because our contracts forbid it. Most of them. I shouldn't say all of them. Mm -hmm. There There are some discs that we own the rights worldwide, too. But the lion's share of stuff, it says, hey, listen, uh, you got North America and we don't want to rock that boat, you know, I, and Jerry will tell you, we don't want to piss off our licensors, you know, because we, we love keeping Suspiria for another 11 years, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> you, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, if we piss off our licensors, like, you know, Jim Glickenhouse or, or Charlie band, you know, they're not going to want to do business with us anymore. But we just, you know, relicensed Frankenhooker and we just relicensed Intruder. Now, you know, I can't, you know, come out and tell you what we're going to, we're keeping them. And, you know, what's the, you know, the next logical step is, hey, if we're going to keep these, let's, let's, let's do, you know, the new format. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. But, you know, we want to keep our licenses. We don't want to lose the the ones you know you, you all you got to do is upset a licensor and they never want to work with you again you know right right but, well i mean you yeah. without, without licenses what do you do i mean that's your that's your right. your, that's that's your exactly lifeline it. is all those titles coming out and you know and you don't so, have them forever like you said so i mean it depends i know everything's different but for the most part i'm sure a lot of them you have to re-up you have to right just, yeah yes, exactly right you, right you know people people maybe people don't understand that just because we own something doesn't mean we have it forever you know, and, and you have to, you have to continually send out reports. You have to continually, you know, if you stop sending these people, they might go, well, Hmm, you know, you guys haven't paid us. So why should we give this movie back to you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's that kind of thing, you know, and Jerry loves our licensors and he's very, very, very diligent in getting out, you know, uh, license, license agreements when they're ready to be signed royalty statements, when they're ready to go out every quarter, we don't want to lose a lot of our movies. Right. So we have to have to, you know, keep everybody happy. Sure. All right. Yeah. Now here comes, here comes a part of the conversation, Don, that I think a good part of people listening have probably been waiting for, and they're probably looking at their uh-huh. watch going, would you ask about some of these titles? That, that, uh, okay, sure. Yeah, so I'm going to ask you for some updates. But first of all, I would like you to please confirm, this is, let's just say for me, all uh-huh. right? I would like you please to first confirm that it is not your business model or, or anyone's business model in this business to to grab titles and sit on them so that they oh, so they yes. stay away no, from we, the no, world. Of course because, we do. Yeah. What are you talking about? We love licensing movies and sitting on them forever. <laughs> it's a great business you know, model. That's how you make your money. Just to make the customers angry. <laughs> right. Because right. that's we're doing it on purpose, you see. Yes. Right. So there's clearly Is this like one of those is this like one of those like spam calls that you get where they try to make you say yes so that when you sue them they're like look you said yes when we 
you know, somebody's going to say, Don said that they do it on purpose. I'm going to quote you on the front of this. I'm going to quote you on the front of like. That's the most, it's the most asinine, you know, it really is. It's like, if we can put the fucking thing out, we're going to put the fucking thing out. Right. Okay. If not, there's issues. If it's not out, if it's not out, there's other issues behind the scenes. That's nobody's business until we get them figured out. Thank you. That's it. The end. The end. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so I just wanted to right. confirm that first before we started going down the short okay. list of titles here. Now, these are all titles that short have... Short list? Wait a minute, I got a whole list written out here. <laughs> well, I'm going through the list that I know I'm allowed to ask you, basically. Right. Okay, right. so, uh, Steve, for updates, first up, tag the assassination game. Tag? Okay, the, I can't remember if we touched on this. We touched on it. We did touch on. I'm just asking again for the update. Yeah. The big, the big problem mm-hmm. with tag first was we don't have any negative, mm. and I'm like, oh great, but we have this print, this one inch master. I'm like, ah, that isn't gonna, that's not gonna fly. So it took us a while. We found uh, an IP for tag which was a blessing because it took us a while. But the problem was the optical track that came with that sounded like cats dying in the sun. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's where we got to last time. Right. Yeah. And and it's like, I was like, well, that's not going to work. So we looked and looked and looked and looked and looked until we found something even going so far as to try maybe getting a VHS tape so that we actually had something uh, right. uh-huh. for the audio. But we ended up finding uh, the Library of Congress actually had something. So, you know, how that sometimes works, for those who don't know, is when you have a movie that gets copyrighted in the United States of America, more often than not, especially for older films that were in the 70s and 80s and whatever, when there was no VHS, they, in, in you know, when you sell a copyright, you send a sample. A lot of companies actually sent prints. And so a lot of times they're virgin prints that, you know, they, they strike a print and they say, oh, okay, we'll send this one to the Library of Congress with our copyright notification. That's what happened with TAG. So we were able to scan the print at the Library of Congress and get the audio off of that print, which we just finished a few weeks ago. Okay. Now we're getting probably going to get the commentary going here in a couple of, of uh, weeks after we get back from the holiday okay. with Nick Castle. And uh, we're doing the artwork right now. So it's coming. It'll be out this year. All right. Another another yep. example of why things can take a little bit. Yeah, um, people yeah. people need to understand that not every movie is the same. You know, yeah. you don't have everything at your disposal as soon as you sign on the dotted line necessarily. You think you do sometimes, and then you end up finding out that what you got was a was a, a, a bag of shit. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Are you, are you like, trying oh, to say that, that people would have been upset had you released the original audio you found? <laughs> well, no one would have been able to understand <laughs> right. it. Linda Hamilton would be talking and it'd be like, well, that's not what she sounded like back then. Maybe she sounds like that now. After a couple schlitz maybe, but okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, here's the next title, Street Trash. Street Trash, we have done a 4K. Okay. 
Um, it has been restored. Okay. And what we wanted to do this time, and you know, you're asking me this question, and his name escapes me at the moment because I haven't had my coffee yet. <laughs> uh, the director of the the director of photography. I wanted him to uh, supervise and approve. Okay. And that took, and, and it's no fault of anybody's. He's he's a he teaches now. So when he was teaching, he was like, "Look, I'll get to it when I can." It took us close to eight months just to get him to go through every reel, make his notes, and he made some thorough notes, and we we adjusted, and we send it back to him. Very similar to what we did with Suspiria back in the day, where you go to the DP, and the DP says, hey, you know, maybe this needs to be a little bit more warm, or this needs to be blue, or this needs to be darker, you know, and then we go through, and we make those adjustments, and we send them back, and then we don't hear from him for a month, and then he, <laughs> and then he comes back, and he's right. like, you know, hey guys, I'll be able to work on this in the summer. No worries. <laughs> and then summer comes and goes, and we're like, well, we didn't get any notes back from right, right. <laughs> You know, but I will say this the new 4K Street Trash is fucking amazing. Nice. Good. So it's, it's like, and he would explain it too. Like, uh, those of you that are familiar with the movie, the opening credits or the opening scene with the chase through the apartment building and the whole thing outside, you know, he said, listen, he goes, nobody's ever got it right. And I go, what, what are you talking about? He goes, me and Jimmy Moreau, the director would get up at the crack of dawn and get that New York city, warm sunrise look to a lot of the opening shots as like the first melt with the guy, the bum on the toilet, uh -huh. you know, all that stuff. He goes, all that stuff's supposed to have a golden hue to it from the sun coming up in New York city in the morning. And I was like, okay, that's not what any print has ever looked like. And he goes, yeah, because they, <laughs> I timed it a certain way. Jimmy shot it a certain way. And then it ended up not being that way when we made the movie or when the movie was done. But for years, it's always been a certain way. And this, and I thought, well, that's going to be weird, isn't it? With all the colors. And let me tell you something. The colors are actually better now than they were before with all the melting and the goo and the, I mean, it's, it's absolutely unbelievable what that thing looks like and it's insane it's like holy shit it's like watching a whole a brand new movie and uh so we just got his final corrections right maybe right before thanksgiving i guess so now uh roy and his in his new wife they are gone on vacation and they're going to be back in january so you know we'll pick it up in january and see where we are um and we got to get the, you know, we got to do the mix and all that sure, stuff. Sure. But, so uh, working on it, working but, on it. Yeah, yeah. And we want to, we want to create, I mean, one of the, one of the reasons why this all started was because Roy had prints of the film that he used to travel around with and he would show it, you know, you know, retro cinemas and stuff like that. And he'd do Q and A's and whatever. Well, after all these years, the prints have been getting, you know, bad. 
like they get scratched up or damaged, you know, you t- put them together, taking them apart, t- you know, it takes its toll on those. So we're going to do uh, 4K DCPs. Oh, okay. So hopefully we'll get some theatrical dates and uh, it'll be a blast. Nice. Um, All right. So it's kind of speaking of uh, something we mentioned before that's already been shown in a few theaters. How about Blue Sunshine? Okay. Blue Sunshine. um, We're we're authoring it now. Okay. Um, And, you know, one of the things is when you, you know, we had the DCPs and everything. Well, you know, we wanted to make a Dolby Vision version. So, you know, that takes time. You can't just snap your fingers and have Dolby Vision be on the on the master when it wasn't you know so we had to go back and and recorrect it for dolby um the blue the the blu-ray is uh well it was supposed to be done like we talked about earlier in the in our conversation it was supposed to be done like a week or so ago mm-hmm. um so i'll probably see the blu-ray when i get when uh, we all get back after the new year and then if I have any corrections or issues with it we'll make those corrections and those will transfer over to uh, the 4k. Okay. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Just before dawn. Uh, that one is the, the one that's still eluding us. Okay. Um, it's tough. It's, it's very upsetting what happened to the Olsen brothers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. those of you that know, you know, uh, that was a code red title. Then, you know, it went to Kino and, uh, you know, it's, it's sad because, those releases, the, the Kino release and the release from Ronan were not up and up. They weren't legal. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that Ronan knew this because they didn't. Mm-hmm. And Kino didn't know it. Um, but the truth is, is that Code Red had the movie from 2013 to 2018. And that was it. Mm. And the sad thing is, is both of the brothers sadly passed away mm-hmm. and the owner of the movie never got his material back. Oh. And so right now it's kind of, we're searching. Yeah. The, I mean, uh-huh. he's got an attorney uh-huh. and the attorney is kind of going through, you know, what's left of their estates and okay. trying to figure out the storage and, all this stuff and it's it's sad it is sad. um yeah. but the inner negative with the uncut footage and all that stuff was not returned and so now that the two boys are are gone uh the the owner of the movie is kind of you know distraught about you know where is it where is it where is it and we're 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 hunting we're looking okay. all right that's sad but that's it's gonna sad. be a while yeah. Yeah. it is sad and yeah. you know and it's, a uh, it's, it's there's a lot going on is i'm not privy to because it's basically the owner of the movie is sure. kind of hiring you know counsel to deal with the estates of both of the brothers and figure it out and i'm kind of left in the dark about most of it mm-hmm but I'm just, you know, look, I, I don't have a lack of other things to do. Sure. Right, <laughs> I'm right. just, just concentrating on other projects gotcha. at the moment. Okay. Well, that's pretty sad. Yeah. But yeah, on a lighter note, on a lighter note, uh, how about uh, the Deadly Spawn? Deadly Spawn. I just finished the third commentary layback Thursday. So, you know, we, we are getting going through with that. One of the big things was I, you know, Back when that hideous fake bootleg 
Blu-ray came out that <laughs> sort of utilized our master sort of not on the up and up. Uh-huh. Uh, we found out that one of the reasons why that happened is because the material was being held in lieu of payment. So all this material, all of the original materials for the film kind of were locked up at a place in Boston because nobody paid the bills. Oh, okay. So we ended up having to pay the bills and then we got the material and we did the disc and, you know, we've got some other interviews and things. We got a tour of the house that we're doing. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) it was a weird thing. Like the house was just, I was just looking up locations one day. And I was like, because Mike Gingold, you know, pre- the managing editor previously of Fangoria, was like, you know, I can do a location thing if you want me to. And I said, sounds like a good idea. And I started like kind of doing some research. And it just so happened that the original house, you know, the Hildebrand house, where all those famous paintings from the Hildebrand brothers were actually made, was for sale on Realtor.com. And I'm like, you've got to be shitting me. The house is for sale. And so we contacted the realtor and we said, listen, this house was the the location for this movie called The Deadly Spawn. Can we come in and do a location thing in the house? And she's like, let me talk to the owner and see. And the owner was like, sure, come on in. So, so Charles Hildebrandt and they all, and Ted and they all went to the house and they did it. We did this crazy thing. <laughs> did they make an offer on the what? house? No, I think okay. it was like it was like over a million. It was like no, over a million bucks. I just didn't know if they were like, trying. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. We'll try to make it official. They, we'll, it, we'll offer you fifty well, bucks. At least yeah. the owners. At least, uh, at least the owners. The new owners of the house at least got rid of that hideous kitchen from the movie. <laughs> God. Oh, God. You watch the movie and you're like, who fucking designed that kitchen? Jesus Christ. Don, you're and going then, too far to QC now. Stop it. You can't remodel the kitchen <laughs> digitally. You're not I mean, going to do on. it. That's a key you principle. You spawn. You, look, you take one look at that kitchen and you're like, no, 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 no. Thankfully, uh, the kitchen is not the same. Oh, that's good. I'm relieved. Yeah. 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 Very good. But, so, you know, um, we're prepping some extra. I know that the mother at the beginning of the movie Mm -hmm. um, is we're going to try to get her uh, to be interviewed. And then, you know, one of the things I was doing just the other day was like compiling. I went to the office. I found our old tapes and stuff of all the extras like the the bloopers and the outtakes and the this and the that. And I was get them all get them all in a big old pile on my desk. Uh So. Uh Yeah, Deadly Spawns is is uh, happening soon. Good. Uh, let's see. Yep. How about uh, a little update on Trick or Treat? Trick or Treat? That's Mike's bag, but uh, yeah, Mike Fletcher right. from Redshirt Pictures. But uh, Mike and I went out to dinner Saturday night to have a little work powwow. Mm-hmm. And you know, Carol and Sean are helpers that many mm-hmm. of you have seen at our tables. Where I took them all. I took them out to to dinner to you know celebrate that they're the the help the great help that they've done for us mm-hmm. and we all got together and mike's waiting for some footage uh for one person and a possible uh quickie interview with another person before he finishes everything up but in his own words he said 
I uh, hope to have everything done by the end of January. Okay. And at, th- at that point, we'll be able to start putting it all together. Gotcha. Cool. But it's, you know, I'm, I helped with the, the color and the restoration and the sound mm-hmm. and parts all done. <laughs> so, okay. Very good. Okay. It's like, I'm just, that's, you know, I'm now sitting you, there. Now waiting. you're being impatient. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not impatient because I got plenty. You. <laughs> you know what? I mean, just as soon as I got plenty of other projects to work on, I've also got plenty of other movies to watch. That's it. <laughs> I don't need to. We're both yeah, in that boat. I got piles of, piles of movies in my basement that are going to keep me occupied until the stuff that I want to see eventually comes out. Right. Hey, talk so, a little bit about uh, something that's really interesting on the website. You know, you had the convent announced. Uh, what? I, I, and forgive my ignorance on this. What uh-huh. the hell is Infinite Santa Eight Thousand? What is okay, that? Okay, so so it's an animated. It, it started. It germinated as a multi-part web series. Okay. And it was a really cool episodic web series that these guys, Michael Neal, and again, I haven't had my coffee. The other guy's name escapes me. Okay. Um, they did an episodic like a couple, two or three minutes each episode of this story about an, it's a post-apocalyptic Santa tale where (laughs) the world has been kind of taken over by like robots and cannibals and crazy people. And, (laughs) and Santa's like, you know, cyborg, you know, cause he's been torn apart, you know, over the years and replaced his body parts with, you know, other things. (laughs) And, uh, and, the well in the movie version which is entirely different really uh-huh. from the the multi-part web series it's got other things and they redid some of the animation they added plot points it's the like this crazy scientist and the Easter bunny kind of <laughs> steal Martha from Santa <laughs> and he has to go get them uh-huh so he, you know, his robotic reindeer and all of his weapons and things, he goes and he fights to get Martha back. Nice. Okay. And it's really a fucking blast. It sounds it like really it. is. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, it was one of those things that we picked up, um, through connections at horror hound. Oh, nice. Very nice. The, you know, we yeah. were at horror hound weekend and this girl came up to us and she's like, you know, I really like you guys. And, you know, we're all friends at Horror Hound. Would you guys like to do this? And I'm like, anything for you guys. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, we love Horror Hound. We love going. You know, Aaron and Nathan are fucking amazing guys. Run a great show. And, And we did it. And I loved it anyway. But I was like, let's do this for the, you know, for the Horror Hound folks, too. I mean, they brought, they helped bring it to us. And let's, let's do this thing. So we did it. And, you know, it's, it, it, we, we, we ended up licensing it a little bit too late for our distributor to grab it by Christmas. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because our, our distributor MVD, you know, they, they work like four months out, which uh-huh. is really inconvenient sometimes. And right. I right. Constantly remind them that four months out is crazy. So in other words, we would have had to have had it done by August, September. Sure. Right. For them to get it out by Christmas. And that just was not happening. Uh-huh. So we were able to kind of get under the gun ourselves 
and put it out with Synapse and Diabolic and get it out this Christmas because we put it out ourselves. We didn't have to do we didn't have to do pre-order cutoffs. We didn't have to do sell sheets and ads and the this and the that and get it in the system and upload the artwork and the, the you know, we all had to have that done, you know, months in advance if we wanted that to go out through MVD. Gotcha. Okay. That so I said, like you know, we don't want to, we, yeah, we don't want to sit on this thing for another year. Right, 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 right. right. So let's get this out and, and put it out for this Christmas for the fans. Well, that's going against your business model of sitting on things and. <laughs> oh, I know, right? <laughs> and, you know, because you know, business is about losing money, to, Don. It's about losing I love money. Hanging on to movies and losing money <laughs> yeah, because right. I just don't want to put them out. <laughs> right. Um, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, that is by far the stupidest thing I've ever heard yeah. in this business, by the way. Uh, speaking, <laughs> and I love that it comes out of my mouth often. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so speaking of speaking of that uh y- your podcast this is the uh-huh. official synapse films podcast i am just here to amplify whatever you know your message is and uh it is a year-end show uh so i'm going to give you a minute to say what you want to the fans well how about this how about i spill the beans on a couple of things oh i like spilling beans go ahead you're just spilling the beans for the fans there you go so um i will let you know i don't think we've talked about this okay um we just licensed a movie that was only on netflix oh so we are doing Block Island Sound. Oh, I have seen that. That is a wonderful film. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And the, and the funny thing is, is like I saw it on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is good, but Netflix never puts anything out on physical media, really, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know? So we call the producer and he's like, yeah, we, we have the movie. And, uh, you know, Netflix just took it for Netflix. We don't have a physical media deal for this at all. And I was like, can we have it? And they're like, yeah. That's nice. <laughs> so, that's, a, that's negotiating. You know, a lot of people ask us how we get our movies. That's an example of how we get our movies. You just, you know, you don't ask, you don't get, right? right that's like right. the right. So I just was, can we have it? Yeah, sure. Sure, why not? Uh-huh. So that I I mean, I don't know if you've seen Block Island Sound out there and whoever's listening. But it's a really great independent sort of a weird ass sci-fi horror. Uh, it's just I, I can't really I don't want to talk about it because it kind of ruined what it is. But it just hit me in all the right ways. It really did. And I was like, I want to do this. And so the directors, it's two guys. You know, they gave us like they did a commentary. We got some footage. We got like a behind the scenes thing. I mean, it's going to be a really cool release. Nice. Excellent. And uh, yeah, yeah. And I can't say with certainty, but we did inquire about another movie that was on Netflix and they haven't said no yet. Oh, very good. Very good. They're just looking into the intricacies of the deal sure. to make sure. So, you know, maybe another maybe another Netflix movie in our future. Nice. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. So, I like beans. You know, beans are beans are laying around. Drop them drop them. Yeah, Don, well, you can drop beans on the show anytime you want. Yeah. There's <laughs> another interesting and I and I don't think this is gonna go anywhere, but I will give you a little story. Okay. So a couple of weeks ago, Disney called. 
And they're like, hey, listen, you know, we know you put Suspiria up on uh, Criterion. And since Disney owns streaming because they bought Fox, Fox, we got home video on Suspiria, but pretty much Fox had everything else for North America. So when we did the deal with Criterion to put Suspiria up in October on their servers, the Criterion channel, we had to, you know, go through Disney and get, they, they went through Disney, got permission, then they called us and that was it. And then a couple of weeks ago, Disney called us and said, Hey, listen, we're doing inventory. We realize we don't have your restoration for Suspiria in our vault. We have the old one. And I said, oh, well, what, 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 what can we do? And he goes, well, we'd like to get it. And I said, how about this? Let's do a deal. Let's do a trade. You give us a couple of movies and we'll give you the restoration. And he said, let me talk to my guys and see if they, and of course I never heard a word back from them uh-huh. since. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to ask for like, you know, Cinderella or anything. Right. I'm right. not going to ask for like song of the South. Right. I'm not going to, you know, oh, oh, oh. I mean, that would be a, that would be a huge well, seller, though. No way. There's no way. I know. There's I no know. Way. They won't let that but, out but, of their but, vault. Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of Fox movies that just yeah are sitting in limbo. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention a couple of Disney movies that could use a 4K. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you never know. Yeah. I mean, I should. I'll maybe I'll call them after the holiday and say, "Hey guys, did you you know you ever want to follow up on this?" Because mm-hmm. I mean, Disney licensed some stuff to Anchor Bay back in the day. Mm-hmm. Not that the not that the same rules would apply right today right, like they right. did twenty years ago. But I mean, they're they're open to it. At least the old regime used to be. Mm-hmm. Do you think being a physical media company actually that's going to benefit you? The fact that some of these bigger companies are not doing it as much that they will they will talk to you about doing some of this stuff. Maybe uh-huh. you know. I mean, you know, you never know. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it'll be interesting to see how twenty twenty four plays out. Right. Um, next year, I think, is going to be a pivotal year for everybody in this business. With Target knocking their movies down their physical media and Best Buy completely removing their physical media. Uh, you know, and it's not just going to affect people like us, but remember Best Buy used to do all those Lionsgate steel books and all that stuff. And Best Buy is not going to be doing those anymore. So it'll be affecting a lot of people. Maybe, maybe somebody like a, a, a Walmart will pick up the slack, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I actually like, had hey, read we'll that. Do it. Yeah. I actually read, read that Walmart was planning on doing that, that they were gonna no, well, going to keep going. That's good. That. Yeah. You and know, online. Hey, well, mm-hmm. Right. Let them. I mean, right. I'm, I'm all for it. You know, right. Right. so we'll, we'll see, but you know, it's, we've been doing this. I mean, I've been doing this with Jerry for almost 30 years, you know, every few years, well, what are you going to do when DVD takes over? What are you going to do when, you know, when Blu-ray takes over? What are you going to do when 4K, t- you know, we've, we've weathered this storm before. So I think we'll just roll with it and see how things play out. All right. Well, thank you, Don. Um, you and Let me tell you something. You and Jerry have been very warm and welcoming to myself and my family uh, into mm-hmm. the Synapse family. And I wish you... And Jerry and Noah and everyone behind the scene, you know, Sean and Carol and Ryan and Jen, everybody, very, very happy 
uh, a holiday and very happy and prosperous New Year. And yeah, I cannot wait much. to uh, see everybody up in Michigan and maybe do a couple oh, shows yeah. again this year. Yeah, well, hey, you're more than welcome to come up anytime. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, for taking the time. Uh, and uh, again, uh, you know, happy holidays to you and everyone else. And yeah, uh, you too, and to all of our fans as well. Have a safe and happy holiday, and we'll see you next year. Absolutely. All right, Don, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Once again, thank you, Don, and also thank you, Jerry. And thank you, Don and Jerry, from myself. I cannot stress enough how much both of you have welcomed myself and my family into the Synapse family. And also, thank you, the fans and everyone who listens to this show every year. We're going to be going on our third year now, and I couldn't be more proud to be bringing the show to you. And I wish you all a safe and happy new year. It was an honor and a pleasure to be your tour guide on this journey into all things Synapse Films. Until we meet again, be safe, be good to each other, and be right back here next time for the next episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. We couldn't be here without you, the fans. So from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for your continuing support of Synapse Films. I'm tired of being sick, always worse, but never get.